You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Dallas Mavericks in the home opener. Yes, this is very exciting. Start of the new era, kind of the home era of everything going on with this Pelicans team. We're going to preview this game. They also have another game this weekend as after this one, they travel on the road to take on the Rockets on Saturday. So back to back for your New Orleans Pelicans before coming back home on Monday to take on the Golden State Warriors. We're going to talk Mavs. We're going to talk Rockets in this episode of Locked on Pelicans, as well as some other news from around the league because two kind of weird things came out late yesterday that has to do with the Phoenix Suns and the Washington Wizards. I'll fill you in on what those are, as well as some of the plans that the Pelicans have for the opening night game. It's going to be a very fun day. Hope to see you in the Smoothie King Center tonight. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So let's start with some news from around the NBA because two really odd things kind of happened yesterday. And let's start with the Phoenix Suns, who grabbed out 30-point win over the Sacramento Kings on opening night. Good vibes all around with former Pelicans head coach, Hornets head coach, Monty Williams now at the helm. And that is former number one overall pick, DeAndre Ayton, is facing a 25-game suspension, suspension, is suspended as of now for 25 games, so it sounds like it's going to be appealed for ingesting a banned substance, testing positive for a banned substance, which is kind of funny that he gets caught maybe the day after like the biggest win they've had in a really long time. Like the Phoenix Suns had one really good game and the NBA is like, no, you guys aren't this good. We need to drug test you all. And lo and behold, they caught something, a diuretic. And a diuretic is used basically to wash out traces of anabolic steroids. So it's reasons to believe that he's been taking some steroids and used this to get rid of them. And it's proved even further by subsequent testing not turning up any steroids. The diuretic worked. But the diuretic is on a list of banned substance, so they don't have to prove that this is used to take steroids. You're just not allowed to take these. He did. claims it's unintentional, but it's a 25-game suspension for him. The Pelicans and Suns during these next 25 games play twice, so there's some impact here for New Orleans. You rarely see this. You really don't see guys get banned for ingesting things, as I guess they say. Uh, and this is a really, really odd one. Like He doesn't seem like a dude who would need steroids. He's a big dude to begin with. Um, so who knows what went on there. Maybe it was an accident, but he got hit with this, and he's going to be out. It does impact the Pelicans. And I guess the Suns just aren't allowed to have any happiness whatsoever right now after they've been acting like they won, or their fans have been acting like they won the NBA title, which is fair. They 
they had a really big win. They should be happy about that, given kind of the state that they're in. Just a little bit more disappointment there that does impact the Pelicans and the rest of their season. And look, they need any easy win they can get. And it looked like maybe the Suns weren't going to be as easy as we were once expecting them to be. The other really weird news to me is that John Wall is likely out for the season with uh, the injuries that he has and sustained. He was already out for a while and then like suffered another injury while he was rehabbing the first one, but like more just fell maybe or something like that and then had to have surgery again. And it's awful because I'm actually a big John Wall fan. I think he's really fun to watch play, but dude just can't get healthy. He hasn't been healthy for a while. And so he's going to be out for the year. And the Wizards applied for the disabled player exception. It was a little over $9 million, which maybe they'd spend, maybe not. It's like the Pelicans with Darius Miller, but it's good to have in your back pocket. Well, it turns out they were denied it. They did. The NBA didn't give them the disabled player exception, which is really, really weird because it seems like John Wall is ruled out for the year. And I guess it takes like other doctors to be like, no, he's not going to be. And maybe that's what the NBA found. And maybe this was just a thing where we knew it would take him a while. The Wizards weren't going to be in playoff contention. So maybe we just figured he wouldn't be back for the year, but wasn't actually like medically not able to play for the year. It's just weird to kind of see this situation arise where they aren't giving this out for a guy who isn't going to play minutes. And I wonder if there's something else going on here or if it's just that the Wizards are going to be bad. They know they're going to be bad. So they know they're not going to play John Wall or is there something else going on? And it just really could be that. So I don't know. The whole thing is a little bit weird. That's your non-Pelicans news of the day. Those two stories. We'll talk about opening night coming up. Then the game on Saturday, a back-to-back against the Houston Rockets, who played last night against the Milwaukee Bucks in the primetime TNT game. So let's just keep the train rolling here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to the opening night home game, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday. No other podcast coming to you with this frequency, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Locked on Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from. So it's opening night at home for your New Orleans Pelicans, and the team is planning to kind of go all out for this one. There, I, th- I looked at the weather briefly yesterday. I think there's maybe supposed to be some bad weather at some point today. I don't know if it's going to impact the festivities that the Pelicans are planning around the Smoothie King Center in front of um, everything going on here. But they've got a lot going on. They're giving out t-shirts for this one. Blue won't bow down Pelicans t-shirts, courtesy of Smoothie King, the national and them is going to be Irma Thomas. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that, except for the halftime entertainment is going to be uh, DJ Manny Fresh from his time with Cash Money Records, and New Orleans rapper Fifth Ward Weeby is also going to be performing with him. They are finally kind of leaning into the New Orleans vibe a little bit more so than they have. Um, I don't remember the entire kind of game day experience of that home preseason game against the Jazz, but I tweeted out and I said on the podcast, it seemed like it was going to be a little bit different. They're leaning into that almost like grittier New Orleans aspect, even though I don't like kind of using that phrase with it, but more New Orleans-y than they had in the past, which means some of the generic things might be going away. And I believe there was no Deo clap your hands at the game against the Utah Jazz. I can't remember, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure, 
But I don't know if, if they didn't have it then, we're probably not going to hear any of that tonight in the Smoothie King Center. So maybe the music choices are going to be a little bit different. They also might not have rolled everything out that they wanted to in the lone preseason game. But they are going all out for this one. Fox Sports is going to be there live uh, with coverage beginning at 6.30. So they're going to be doing uh, basically a live hour-long, sorry, hour and a half-long pregame show outside the Smoothie King Center. It's going to be starting at 5.30 uh, Central. So they're going all out for this one. It was supposed to be the start of the Zion era. That will wait just a little bit. But I think this is still going to be a pretty fun atmosphere, a pretty big deal, as everyone really wants to get a look finally at the Pelicans. And they've got a pretty fun opponent coming to town, to be honest. The Dallas Mavericks are potentially going to be in playoff contention, too. And they scored a victory in their opening night game, 108-100 over the Washington Wizards. This team's led in part by Luka Doncic, who was outstanding in that game against the Wizards. 34 points on the night, 9 rebounds, 3 assists two steals uh, for him. He was four of nine from deep. This is going to be interesting to see who covers him. Is it going to be Drew Holiday starting on him, um, defending the best wing player, which seems to make a lot of sense to me, but will Brandon Ingram get thrown on him at times too, if they want a little bit more length to try and disrupt him? This is an area that really could hurt the Pelicans because as good as Drew Holiday is at guarding bigger guys, when Luka Doncic decides to shoot and jump, there's not a whole lot you can do. And that goes doubly so for a guy like Kristaps Porzingis, who is back and playing now for the Dallas Mavericks after the trade last year um, in a bit of a surprise move. In his return, he put up 23 points on the night, four rebounds. He was three of seven from deep. When he jumps and has that jumper from three, I don't know who's supposed to guard it other than Zion Williams. And Zion is maybe the one person alive who actually might have a chance at blocking that. So we'll see. Zion's not in this one. Those two guys in playing their two-man game are going to be rough for New Orleans. But the other strength of the Dallas Mavericks really might be their bench. And New Orleans does match up pretty good with them there. They've got Dorian Finney-Smith, who's been pretty good off the bench for him. He put up a bunch of points the other night for him in that victory um, against the uh, Washington Wizards. He put up, what was it here, uh, 10 points on the night. Jalen Brunson put up 9 points. Seth Curry's on the team. He put up 9. And D- Justin Jackson put up 10. It was really their bench unit that led them to a lot of the success and the victory that they had. Well, New Orleans has some depth here that I think can match up reasonably well with that. So I feel pretty confident that New Orleans can still get a victory out of this one because I think their top end guys, one through five, are better than the Dallas Mavericks, one through five. And I think that means a lot in this game where everything else is going to be pretty even. Dallas doesn't play super duper fast. They have moments when they do, and certainly they're going to try and get easy buckets, but New Orleans really needs to keep pushing the pace. I said in the first game that... Uh, pace stat was very misleading. New Orleans played fast based off their shot clock usage, based off of the pace of the starters. It was when the game ground down in the fourth quarter in overtime that they weren't able to get anything going. It allowed the um, Toronto Raptors to make a run right at the end of the game to tie it and allowed them to really take the lead in overtime where New Orleans stood no chance. New Orleans can play fast and play their style of ball. I think they can get a victory in this one, but it's going to be tough. And we're going to get this defense really tested because Luka creates for others. He can score 
and he's going to shoot threes, and the Pelicans sometimes give up a lot of open three-pointers. This is a little bit by design, um, and so we'll see how it's going to go, but I'm curious. It's going to be a tough test. This is a team that they're going to be in playoff contention with hopefully all year long. Let's see if they can gut out a victory. I'll touch on the other game this weekend as the Pelicans travel to Houston to take on the Rockets on the second night of a back-to-back, but I want to make sure you guys are subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast before I do just that. Here Monday through Friday as well, like Locked On Pelicans, I co-host the Wednesday edition alongside John Corrales where we have a lot of fun doing that show, but it's if you want to know what's going on around the league, keeping up to date with all things going on around the association, there is nothing better than the Locked On NBA podcast. It's going to keep you up to date on the games that happened the night before. You didn't need to watch everything. Sometimes they go really late too. I end up staying up pretty late on Tuesday nights to record the podcast. But you want to know what happened. You want to know how certain people played. We cover all of that and more on the daily Locked On NBA podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. So there's another game this weekend for your New Orleans Pelicans. They traveled to Houston for a one-game road trip to take on the Rockets on the second night of a back-to-back. This is going to be a difficult one. Now, New Orleans might have a chance to steal this as the Rockets are still kind of trying to also figure themselves out a little bit now that they've added Russell Westbrook, sent out Chris Paul, and have him paired in the backcourt alongside James Harden. But this matchup just doesn't seem like it's going to be what New Orleans wants to do, and that's because of the way that James Harden plays. I mentioned in the podcast the other day, the recap of the Raptors game, that Kyle Lowry might be the most like damn infuriating player to play against and to watch. And then we're going to watch Harden on Saturday, and I'm probably going to say the exact same thing about him. I am recording this now. It's basically the end of the third quarter in this game. Harden has 15 points on 11 field goal attempts. It's not great. It's not bad either, but he's only made two field goals. And that's because he's gone to the line 10 times and he's hit all 10 of his free throws. He is 2 of 11 when I'm recording this. 1 of 6 from deep, but still 15 points because of the way he draws so many damn foul attempts. Almost like gaming the system a little bit, though it's legal and that's why he's going to the line. But certainly not a fun style of play, but also a way that slows the game down. You know, you can push pace off defensive boards, and we talked about the Pelicans needing to do that a whole lot more. You're not going to have that chance in this one because, you know what? He's at the line all the time, and it just slogs the game down. You maybe do it after a free throw miss, but guys are already back by that point, and you can't get into a transition opportunity, a fast break opportunity against that. You've got to go to getting shots early in the shot clock like they did against the Toronto Raptors, But it doesn't mean you're getting those fast break points, which are largely more efficient than the Pelicans in that early time frame where they didn't shoot particularly well because it wasn't transition opportunities because it was against set defenses. They were just ripping shots when they had a little bit of space. Rebounding could also potentially be an issue in this one because they've got Clint Capella down low. He's got 10 defensive boards right now. I would mention Russell Westbrook, except he tends to hunt these rebounds, but he's got nine. Harden's got seven. A lot of that is because they take a lot of threes too, and it's a lot of long rebounds um, for them sometimes offensively. They have eight offensive boards, but P.J. Tucker can rebound. They've got Tyson Chandler there as that rim protector roll man down low. Thabo Cephalosha is pretty good defensively on the perimeter and has decent size. 
this could be a really tough game. Like when you look at it, New Orleans just doesn't match up particularly well with the style of play that the Houston Rockets want to do. And what we saw from New Orleans on Tuesday night against the Toronto Raptors, you're going to need an excellent defensive game from Drew Holiday in this one and Lonzo Ball. You're going to need them to play pretty well in the half court too. The Rockets have an okay defense that came from Jeff Bizdelic, who's here now. So maybe that gives New Orleans an advantage. They know exactly how the Rockets are likely going to defend. But this one can be pretty tough. There's just no other way to put it. They've got an interesting, you know, offensive system, which is basically just ISO hero ball that seems like it should be able to be shut down, except Westbrook is so damn fast. Harden does all of his cheap little things and is also really good. There's no other way to put it than that. And then they have just the right type of role players. Capella, who can score down low, who often has a high field goal percentage. You've got Eric Gordon, who shoots it a ton from deep and is open all of the time. And they try and maximize it that way almost like a min maxing of the game this one's tough like again I, I don't know what else to say new orleans can do this they've got the depth that i don't think the houston rockets necessarily do it really kind of depends on how you feel about tyson chandler being relentlessly attacked though i kind of like the way he's played tonight uh last night austin rivers is austin rivers he's been a decent enough player and then ben mclemore is basically the other guy off the bench other than um Cephalosha, who's not really an offensive threat. Macklemore, I'm not really worried about in this unless he somehow gets hot from three. So I think New Orleans' depth is where they're going to have to shine in this one because I don't think they match up particularly great alongside the starters. You need to not have another one-for-10 game from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. In this one, and even in the game against the Mavericks, I'm going to be curious about the rotation. Is it a little bit more tighter than it was against the Toronto Raptors? Did they kind of realize some things didn't work and instead of 20 lineups, they'll, I don't know, run 15, something like that. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I'm going to be very curious. We're still kind of in that feeling out phase for this team. It's probably going to take 20 or so games, about a quarter of the year, uh, I think, before we really have a solid idea of what this team is really – yeah, that is, that's it, what they – what they is, what they are, um, and it's really going to keep going. This is on the second night of a back-to-back, whereas they're conditioning for this Alvin Gentry system. That's the first real test of that, too. So we've got a lot to learn over the weekend for this New Orleans Pelicans team. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. I will be at the Smoothie King Center tonight. Hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun, even if we don't have Zion uh, there with us. I don't even know if he'll be on the bench necessarily. I'm not really expecting him to. Um, but it would be cool to have a Zion sighting in some capacity. Regardless, it's going to be fun. I'm excited for the in-arena experience. What's the game day experience like? And just to learn more about this team. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything.